Hi, welcome to She Shed Light. I'm Hillary Earl. I'm Jennifer Munson. Uh, so we are here with a new and fresh episode. We just want to say thank you to all our listeners that have been following us and sharing your posts. We appreciate that. And if you're not, you should be. Um, so we've been going back and forth on what to talk about. We have so many things on our mind and so many topics that that we've been talking about. So we we're trying to focus in onto one thing. And uh, I was reading something this morning. And so I'm just going to dive right into that. Um, but Nate and Christy Johnson, if you haven't heard of them, definitely look them up. They are an amazing couple from Australia. They've done a lot over in the U.S. and they have such a heart for the Lord. And it's a little bit different than other people that I've followed. They they really are focused on listening to the Lord and God has really chosen them to listen to the Lord on behalf of people that are kind of rising up to their calling. They actually have like a little school that you can join online that will help you to figure out what your calling is and walk into that. So he just released this book called The Wild Ones. And this this morning and yesterday I was reading this, the few chapters that were talking about how we aren't supposed to be these Christians in a box that, you know, read our daily bread, not that that's bad, but, you know, have these little boxes that we check off that, that say, okay, I'm a Christian because I go to church on Sunday. I read my little tiny devotional and I try to be nice to people. So, uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, so those things aren't bad, but in the world that we live in, we all know that that we're in need of revival, which means we need revivalists. And what does that look like? What does a revivalist look like? What does that require of people? Uh, And it's not sitting in a church building, listening to someone else preach. Uh, So, you know, that we were talking about how that's really, it's about relationship, right? Um, But it's also answering the call. But how can you answer a call to someone you don't have an intimate relationship with? Now, you um, you mentioned that you had uh, my vision. Yeah. So if you like yeah. So in going in line with what the book is talking about, uh, you know, wild is most of the time referred to as a bad thing, but wild really is about being untamed not staying in a cage, right? If you have a, a yeah. wild Old animal, yeah, constricted. I'm thinking of it that way, where if you are a constricted, is that the right word? Constricted. Structured. Mm, no, say. maybe. I feel the what I'm, what I want the word, I'm a word girl. So it's so important to me to get the right word. But what I'm thinking of is you have a list. Kind of free. That just, you know, when someone says, you know, like in the wild, in the wild. You can be who you really are. Yeah. Oh, that's when good. When you're in the wild, you're free. Yeah, you're free to be who, yeah. you, who you were created to be. Yeah, whether it's an animal or a person, that's good. So God is calling us to be wild, you know? Yes. He's not calling us to um, wear our long jean skirts and, um, <laughs> you know, our, our long hair. He's not calling us to that. He's calling us to be wild. So I had this vision this morning. Um, well, I asked the Lord. It was yesterday morning. I asked the Lord... God, give me fresh manna. And when I say that to God, I'm asking him something 
that I'm going to need for that day. I'm going to need for this week, whatever, something fresh, something new because of what's going on. Right. So I instantly had a vision of a waterfall. And so I looked up what the definition of a waterfall is. Obviously, we know what a waterfall is. But when you look up these words and the definition, it brings so much more um truth and revelation to what the Lord is trying to say. God is creative. He is a designer. So he picks these things for a reason. So a waterfall is rushing water. It is powerful water and it is waterfalls are a wonder in the world. So you look at them and you're just blown away by this rushing powerful water off of this ledge, right? So what happens to create a waterfall is a rushing body of water is rushing towards an edge. And as the earth deteriorates, then you get to the rocky ledge and it drops down. And the, and so it just felt like the father said to me, as you allow me to strip away the things of the earth, the things of this world, you become more like me. And the more that you become like the Lord, the more the world is going to be attracted to you. You know, people think we need to be like the world and, and love the world and accept the world. And we do need to love them in truth, but we also need to be set apart and they should be attracted to us, not finger pointing you're doing something wrong, but spreading the truth and love, but also living like, like, a, like we're waterfalls. People should look at us and say, why is she that way? Why does she treat people that way? Why does she react that way? They should want different. to be drawn. Yeah. yeah like to Jesus. us. Like, oh, like we that guy. So, <laughs> we were, you know, people were drawn to Jesus yes. because there was something different. And I think the scripture that, that comes to mind um, for me is um, the one in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Um, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness yes. into his wonderful light. And, you know, the Bible says we're also a peculiar, a peculiar people. Yeah. You know, we make jokes about that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And we're no. I know, know a lot of church people that are peculiar, but it doesn't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. What it means is it's strange. It's different. There's something about you in a positive way that's not like others. Like, like it's you call the curiosity versus a weirdo. Like, I can think of two instances. One this Sunday, we had a sister in the Lord who was in the choir, and she just got a really bad health diagnosis. Um, and it's scary. It's where everybody would be like, oh, my goodness, right? And she just was like, listen, I trust the Lord, and I'm not in a place of fear. And even if the Lord takes this body, I'm going to be with him. Mm -hmm. And see, that's peculiar because yes. that's not how – we would react in the natural. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural. Yes, that's good. And I remember years ago, I had a friend that she lost. She gave birth to her baby and the baby died. And um, it was like my friend's sister. And um, and I remember when I went to the memorial service and she got up as the mother, which most people, it was like, you wouldn't even expect her to talk. She was young. She was only like, you know, early 20s and wow. everything. Yeah. Gosh. And she got up and the first three words she said was, God is good. And let me tell you, I was stunned. I was like, you go, girl, you know? And I was like, you know what? That makes the world yeah. say, wait a second. Yeah. 
you're going through what all of us dread and fear and you have hope and you have light and you can smile. Mm -hmm. You're in pain, mm -hmm. but it's different. You've got something that is bullying you that, yes. that is foreign to me, mm -hmm. you know, and that scripture when it talks about, you know, we can call that a darkness into his marvelous light. It is amazing to live in his marvelous light and that should be oozing to the world. Like, Hey, it's marvelous in his light. And I, I had a Bible study with the kids and I asked them, you know, somebody came up to you and said, how would you describe, you know, I know you're a Christian. How would you describe the scripture? What is it like to live in his marvelous light? Mm -hmm. And the, the answers were great. They were like, you always have somebody that you know, no matter what will learn. Mm -hmm. Somebody that will always have your back and be your strength and be your protector. And as they enumerated just what that looks like, I'm like, everybody wants that. Yes. And in the church, we're so like, we so want, we've been telling the world this message of, hey, you can keep all your crap and all your yeah. junk and yeah. you don't have to change anything. And we forget they want a change. Yeah. It's not been working for any of us. Our sin is poison. It's toxic. The devil is still a tormentor, you know, and we have a message of, hey, if you come out of that, God's got a marvelous light. Your life will, will be supernatural. Yeah. You know, we had a pastor share about a week or two ago when he was talking about just being led of the spirit. And, um, you know, God's been moving more and more in my family this way. You know, like we just went out to dinner and then we went for ice cream and we just engaged this guy. Just, hey, how you doing? And it led to us being able to pray for this man's healing. And then we invited him to church and now he's come to church twice and he's going to Bible study. And wow. then we went, you know, next door and we engaged another girl and got to share something there. And, and it's exciting because... We're seeing lives transformed because God used us to just yes. share the gospel. Yes. And um, when we and that's how revival yeah. starts. That's, that's what it's supposed to look like. Yes. It's that exciting. Yes. And and I, you know, I used to ask them like, why are you? Why do you have me do this stuff? And and I know that's wrong, but you know, whatever <laughs> it is, what it is. And he said, well, you're a yielded vessel. You yeah. know, and that's what he needs to do his work through yeah. people, but how can you do that if you're not yielded? And if you don't have an intimate relationship with him, you're not going to yield. You mm -hmm. might do it out of obligation to your church yeah. or you're caught up in religion, but when you are in awe of who God is, so that's the other thing the Lord um, said in my waterfall time. He said, um, if you're not, in a constant state of awe of who I am, then you're in a dangerous place. You're That's in true. a dangerous place. Yeah. And so Hillary and I were talking, well, what does it look like to be in awe of God? How does that happen? It does not happen by only sitting in a church pew and only doing a devotional because a lot of people, we know this from watching our own church go through transition, transition but a lot of Christians read Many Christians, I was thinking of the statistics I just read. It's not a lot of Christians reading their Bible, by the way. So when Christians read their Bible, they read their Bible and they check that box, but they're not listening for the Holy Spirit. There's no listening involved. And how can you have an intimate relationship with a person? Imagine if 
I was in a relationship with a gorgeous man and I did all the talking and never listened to him. Would he say we had a close relationship? He would be like, um, I know a lot about her, but she doesn't know anything about me. Like it's a one-sided or thing. What, or what if you were like, okay, all right, I gave you a kiss, check off the box. Okay. On my task list. Okay. Now I have to hold your hand for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a movie right. for, this is what we do the Lord. You know, we go to, um, we go to, um, church and we basically, um, do you want me to go get the door? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we got, I got solar panel guys here. Oh, I see. I was hoping they were Jehovah's no. Witnesses. Oh, oh yeah. All right. You keep but talking. But they're not, they, you bring them on the podcast. Okay. Right. I'll keep talking. <laughs> okay. So, um, we, we were talking about how God has called us to be peculiar people and, uh, and cause people to be drawn to us, you know, use the imagery of a waterfall and think, am I living a life that is drawing other people to Christ or to be curious about who Christ is? Is that the way I'm interacting with people? Is that the way that I respond? Is that the way that I talk and I walk? Is, is what I'm doing every day causing others to be curious about Christianity about God. Do they want to know him in a different way <laughs> based off of how I'm living? And if I'm in awe of the Lord, then uh, talk about organic I know. podcast. I should, I should have Wait, it. I mean, it probably wouldn't. It's they're coming so, up and sound very good. Actually. Oh, that's fine. No, but you know how salespeople are. They're like, yeah, yeah sure. We'll come into your podcast and then we could just have you. Oh, yeah. Possible. And they'd sell you something. And then we'd be like, well, I'm interested in my sonal panels, panels <laughs> but how do you feel about accepting Jesus? <laughs> that would have been cool if I had a camera on, on my shoulder. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so yeah. So being in awe in that type of relationship, which is a back and forth relationship, um, it's going to create um, a light about you. Um, and I was just thinking, my son said to me this past week, I, have, I haven't told anyone, but forgot. But he said that, you know, my, my son has uh, all the giftings that I have. And so he sees things uh, in the supernatural realm. And he told me that there are people that have lights around them and some of them are way brighter than others. Mm. And I've never seen that. Oh, I've never funny. seen anything like that. Yeah. But he told me that. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a visual, yeah. you know, like it's like, duh, did it get dim the other day when I was yelling at him because I had no sleep and, and my house is you should come falling apart. Like a scaling system. Oh my gosh. Like she's a three. <laughs> she's a three on the light <laughs> scale. I mean, but gosh, could you imagine if we if we had a light around us that everyone could see based yeah. on your relationship with God? Yeah. Dang. Well, you know, when I spoke to, you know, the kids in the Bible study about this, you know, I always like to give kind of like a takeaway or a methodology. And I challenged them. I said, you know, because some of you might be thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I bring a revival? How do I start walking in this? And I said to them, I said, hey, listen, I said, just just be willing to engage just yeah. pray and yeah. say lord i am willing to talk to people if you open the door mm. and i guarantee you 
those opportunities are just going to come your way. And then I gave each of them a little tract because, um, and this is a, a little easy tool. About a year ago, the Lord reminded me of a story I heard when I was a teenager. Um, a friend, her dad, not very, he felt he wasn't a very good speaker, but he felt that he could give out tracts. So through his life, he bought thousands and thousands, and he just gave a tract to every single person he encountered in the day. And I remember thinking, gee, you know, how many people are in heaven because he just had this hmm. one habit? And so I decided about a year ago, I'm just going to buy some tracks and I'm just going to leave them, you know, with the tip with the waitress and, you know, the gas attendant, if I just engage someone. So I gave the kids in the Bible study each one. I said, look, I'm just going to give you one. I want you to pray over it. And I want you to ask the Lord where you plant the seed. Where does it land? Mm -hmm. And just start with something simple like that. Because if you're willing to engage and you're willing to sow a seed, God will do the rest. He will do the supernatural. He will open the doors. Yes. It's not us having to like beat it down. And you had asked me to share a little bit about Lori. Yeah. So yeah. Lori uh, Ann Jones, uh, I'll say her full name because I think she has a full ministry out there that you could support if you want to. Um, she kind of, um, so she is out there street witnessing and stuff, but she does things like, she's just like, hey, let's go to lunch. And then at lunch, she just asks the waitress, can I pray for you? Are you in pain? She just talks to everybody. Hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I pray for you? And then at the end of the week, she's like, yeah, you know, I did sex baptisms this week. So people got saved, <laughs> you know, and two people in the back got healed. And then she was telling me that she had, God told her to go drive back to New York. That's where she's from. And she just put on social media. Oh, I'm coming up to New York. If, if you would like to meet for prayer, um, just schedule, just call me and we'll schedule lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever you want. And along the way, God, she had no hotels booked or anything. People just supernaturally reached out and said, hey, I see you're going to be up here. I have an empty condo that you could stay in. Or I just got married and my house is vacant. You know, blah, 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 blah. And just supernaturally, God opened the doors. Supernaturally, people came out of the woodwork for prayer and got saved. And, and how was, many testimonies came yeah, out of that trip? Just that. Just yeah. because she was yielded and willing and... And that's a revivalist. Yeah. That's what a revivalist is. It doesn't, I think some people picture, oh, well, a revivalist is the guy that has the tent and is on the stage. It's not. Yeah. It, it's you being yielded and willing to step out and just do what he says. Yeah. You know? And how simple is that? Just to be like, hey, gang, I'm driving up, right? Or just to put it out, period. If anyone needs prayer, you know, just reach out to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not, I know a lot of people think that it's scary, but when you're really yielding, to the Holy Spirit and being so intentional, saying, I want to obey you. Here I am. It, it, he just turns it into a scenario. That's not scary. I have a story. I don't think I've ever shared you, but it keeps coming to me. So I feel like I'm supposed to share it, but I was at, at a park. I take my son to the park in Coco. I don't even know what the name of it is. And I saw these three people, two girls and a guy, and they had marks all over their body. And I didn't quite understand what that was. Now I can tell you that it was heroin, but I didn't know. Um, but you know, you could tell what kind of people they were, that they had lived a hard life or living a hard life. Um, and so God started to tell me about this girl, tell me her story. Right. So I walk over to her and I was like, Hey, and they were friendly and said, hi. And I said, Hey, you know, God sometimes tells me things about people. And, uh, I feel like recently you've lost a family member. And she started crying and said her mom just died. 
And, uh, and I was able to minister to her in her hurt and in her pain, even though she was, was addicted to drugs in that moment on drugs, she received all of the love of the father through me that day. And then she said that she had wanted so many, this happens so many times too with people on the street where they're like, I've been wanting to go back to church, you know? And when you put yourself out there, God will put you in their path. And so don't always be so afraid of what it's going to look like because he sets it up, you know, like he sets them up and he sets you up. And I always envision God up there with a chessboard with us as the players saying, okay, Jen said, use me today, Lord, I'm going to put her here. And this person who is crying out to me only when they're drunk, which that used to be me, um, you know, Lord, I want to experience your love, but I don't want to go to church. And so he says, okay, I'm going to put her here. You know, that that's what he does. We just have to be willing, available, and obedient. Yeah. And obedient. And, you know, the sermon that uh, one of the pastors had shared in our church recently, you know, he made the point, like, listen, this isn't about white knuckling it. It's not like you got to go out and pound on doors yeah. and this and that. Yeah. He said, and he used the example, and I thought this was very profound. He talked about um, in, in the book of Acts when Philip was in the midst of a revival. Okay, so boom, revival broke out. Everything in the natural would say, hey, revival broke out. You need to stay here, you know, and you need to be ministering to these people. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit told him to get up and go and go, you know, down the road, basically. And there was the Ethiopian eunuch who just happened to be alone in his carriage you know, one single guy who was just reading scripture and wanting answers and asking the Lord for answers. And Philip was able to go down there and minister to him and bring him to the Lord. And that's what it's supposed to look like. It's really just us saying, okay, Lord, now what? Or, okay, now a lot of us, you know, we have jobs and we have day-to-day tasks that we have to do. But if we're just willing to say, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to lunch today, you know, send somebody in that I can talk to. Or, you know, is there somebody that I could pray for? Or is there somebody that I don't even engage? I just pray for them during my lunch. Yeah. Yeah. If we're willing, he will send people. Yeah. And And it happens to me today with, um, you know, just in my time with the Lord saying, here I am. He he brought someone to mind that needed prayer. And I, he didn't tell me to reach out to them, but he told me to intercede for them. And then they posted later in the day. And I was like, okay, that was why. And I don't need to tell them that, you know, but I was called to intercede for them in a moment that they needed it. And he answers your prayers through other people. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to, um, to listen to him. And the other thing that I wanted to share, and I don't remember because I'm forgetting, but, (laughs) um, but that, uh, that it's not always so, um, oh, we were talking about being, oh, I know. Um, the story of the eunuch, it was uh, in church sometimes, you'd be amazed, well, maybe you wouldn't, but I've been in church and I've seen someone in the middle of the service walk out and you don't know if they're going to the bathroom, you don't know if maybe they're answering the phone, you don't know. But even in, in those moments where you're at church and the Holy Spirit has said to me, go out, they need prayer, they're upset, even though they don't look it. And, and I have wrestled for, you know, a split second, but I'm a church. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be sitting here listening to them. Uh, really? Yeah. Are you though? Like, so don't, don't 
don't put God in a box. You might be at church with an assignment to help someone that is going to go out to the lobby and cry or walk outside and cry and doesn't want to be in the service. I've been that girl too. So it's just really that yielding and being obedient in, in all things at all times. And it's going to require constant prayer and surrender um, it's not an easy thing and we get distracted, right? Because we are humans and have things going on. But so what God wants to do and what I'm learning is, you know, we always think of missionaries. They go to another country. They do their thing. But God wants to build and surround you with a mission field. And so as I had mentioned the other day, you know, about when we went out the other day, when we went and for ice cream and then we got to pray for that guy. Now, I didn't know for sure he was going to show up at church and then he's been coming since. But that next morning, me and Gabby and Kevin, we all woke up and we were like, okay, he's our assignment. Mm. So we prayed for him. And I was like, okay, he's now part of my mission field. And then the other girl that I spoke to that I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk to her about a particular topic, she was resistant, but she becomes part of my mission field. So the next day I'm praying for the two of them. And this is what will happen. And um, I know we've shared this in the past. And if you're interested in building a mission field, we talked a little bit about this outreach um, program that we're doing called Operation Joshua. And what w- it's real simple. You know, you register and then we have a software program that will send you information on 10 of your neighbors on your street. And you just begin praying for them. Then we send them a postcard letting them know that they're being prayed for. <clears throat> and then we ask the prayer light to just go and make one contact. Hey, maybe they're home, maybe they're not. Maybe you just stand on their front porch and you declare that, you know, that it will be holy ground, that God will bring them. But just by praying for the people that God brings across your path, God will do the rest. God will answer those prayers. Conversations will come. Doors will open. And it's really very, it's really that simple. It's a supernatural work. So we just wanted to share that with you guys and and, uh, just share kind of what the Lord's been putting on our heart and uh, encourage you to just, you know, just make yourself available for engagement in the Lord. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is we're all very aware, aware of the aware, aware. We are very aware of the world we're living in. And we're not happy with the world that we're living in. So so like me from back in the day wants to say, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. <laughs> like I want to okay, you, you don't like this, you don't like that. Okay, what are you gonna do about it? It's time for us to be revivalists, and that could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your own home, you know. And so, um, you know, seek the Lord, seek to have an intimate relationship, and find out why you're here. Why are you living in these days? Because there is a reason. So, thanks for listening. We are happy that you guys are here with us, and we look forward to the next time. Yep. Be blessed.